0: Take your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1. If for some reason you missed last Wednesday night Bible study, uh, I'm going to, I'm just honestly, I want you to go back and listen to it online. I'm not going to repeat much of it. Uh, I'll give you just enough of it to, to start tonight, but uh, you're not going to be lost, I promise you. Uh, the book of Romans is one of the most amazing books of the Bible. I said this last week. I believe if somebody had uh, put a gun to my head and said, you can only have one book of the Bible for the rest of your life, what would it be? I would probably choose the book of Romans. I really would. Every major doctrine about salvation in the Christian life are found in the book of Romans. Now, as you read the book of Romans, you're going to see it folding and folding and folding, and you're thinking, man, I just read this over here, and I read this over here, and uh, I'll, the best way to teach the book of Romans is by topic, not by verse and chapter. So that's the approach that we're going to take. I'm going to teach it topic by topic, uh, and I think you'll understand it better. When I use the word doctrine, people that have been in church a long time or come from other denominations, they go, ugh, doctrine means dry and dusty only because they don't know what the bible says to me doctrine's exciting and it should be exciting to you and it, uh, as we study the book of romans and these topics you're going to see the whole bible come together uh, this is kind of like a crossroads and everything crosses at the book of romans And I think you'll understand the entire Bible, especially uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, how they work together, and you'll see even some of that tonight. Uh, But let me remind you, the book of Romans was penned about 30 years after Calvary. Remember, at the end of the book of Acts, Paul had spent two years in Rome. He's now left, and God uses... These words to be sent back to the church that Paul was at in Rome. And let me say this again, and I'm not afraid of this. If you do, uh, I understand the Bible. I also understand world history. The Catholic Church did not come about until 330 A.D. Constantine started the Catholic Church in Constantinople. Do your research. That means this. That's 200 and... 260 years, 270 years after the book of Romans was written. That's longer than America has been a nation. The Catholic Church does not go back to the time of Jesus. Now the church does, but not the Catholic Church. Let me ask you a question. Who baptized Jesus? John the what? Oh, Baptist wasn't his last name. The Baptist Church goes all the way back to the time of Jesus. It's always been independent. It's not been denomination, but it's been all the way through time. And again, when when we use the term the church, uh, and I, I hate to do this, but and I, I'm not I'm not anti-Catholic at the moment. I'm anti-Catholic doctrine. But we sometimes think, well, the church goes all the way back, uh, the Catholic church all the way back to the time of Jesus and the apostolic, uh, what do they call that? I want to say possession. Uh, Possession, no, secession. No, the the apostles had nothing to do with that. That is all things that were added. By the way, that wasn't even added at the beginning of the Catholic church. Much of that didn't come on until the 600s and 700s. Now, that's by their own Truths, Okay? That's true history. Now, let me help you with some things here. Now, the first topic we're going to look at tonight, I touched on this last week. Uh, Start reading with me in verse number one, and we're going to skip around here in just a second. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the what? Gospel. Gospel of Jesus Christ, or gospel of God. Now, look at me. Last week, I talked about the fact that the gospel is in reference to God and Jesus. And I I threw a little fit. I'm not angry at anybody. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not the gospels. You go through all four of those books, you'll never... The only place in chapter 1 of any of those four books is Mark chapter 1, and it says the gospel of Jesus Christ... It never says the gospel according to Matthew or gospel according to Mark or Luke or John. That's man-made. That's not God-made. There's only been one gospel, and it is about Jesus Christ. And we went through a lot of verses last week. I'm not going to do that. But we're going to talk about the gospel tonight in the New Testament. Now, skip down to verse number 13. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you But uh, was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I'm a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it... "...is the power of God unto salvation to one that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith." By the way, that's quoting the book of Habakkuk. That statement is found in the book of Habakkuk. Verse number 18, "...for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men." who hold uh, the truth of unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Now, look at me. The first topic we're going to look at is the gospel. The word gospel is used 96 times in the Bible, all in the New Testament. The gospel is the foundation of what it takes for someone to be saved, to be born again, to become a Christian, and to live the Christian life. It is the one and only, and I'm going to use this word because there's multiple doctrines involved in the gospel, but it's the the foundation of all doctrine and faith necessary for salvation. Now, here's where I'm going to make a strong statement. If you're wrong on the gospel, you're wrong on everything. Plain and simple. Now Romans one sixteen says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ." Now, uh, class, uh, sorry. Uh, what what is the 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 grammatical punctuation after Christ there? What is that little those two dots mean? Colon. That means that's a independent clause. And what comes thereafter is defining what was right before, correct? In other words, here's an independent clause, but what comes after it is going to kind of be, uh, I'll use the word an a positive, or it's going to rename or retalk about what came before. Watch this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So what is the rest of this going to be talking about? The what? The gospel, right? For it. It what? The gospel. Ah. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. In other words, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also the Greek. Say, why the Jew first? Because Jesus was born of the Hebrew race. He preached first to the Jews, but Gentiles were getting saved all over. He came unto his people, the Jews first, but he came into his own, but his own received him not. Now, uh, Romans 1.16 tells us that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Some some have said, "Well, the word gospel means good news." <sighs> eh, wrong answer. I hate to disappoint you. The word gospel is more than just good news, and it is a a, a more pronounced word. It's a it's a stronger word than that. The word gospel is the Greek word. You you don't have to worry about that. Uh, it's where we would get the word evangelize. Evangelistic. It is the same word. The gospel is a message declared to us to give to someone else. It's more than just news you receive. It's news you receive to transfer to someone else. And the gospel is that which we receive so that we can take it and give it to somebody else. Now, it's more than simply good news. I could give you some good news. Three weeks, three and a half weeks ago, my wife and I had a grandson born. That's good news, but that's not the gospel. Uh, I could give you some good news. Uh, there's, there's, There's all kinds of blessings happening around our church and people excited about it and people are being saved. That's good news, but that's not the gospel. It's not simply just good news. Does that make sense to everybody? It is something that is declared good to us to give to someone else. Now watch this. We're, uh, we're going to look at this tonight, and then we're going to jump into the first part of what the gospel is tonight. I've got 34 minutes. Hang on. Strap in. Get your pen ready. Get your finger ready. And get your ears ready, because I'm going to let her fly. You ready? The gospel is about Jesus, not man. Romans chapter 1. Turn back there with me. Look at verse number 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Not the gospel of man. Not the gospel about man. Look, Skip down to verse number 9. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Capital S. Who's that about? Jesus. Very good. Look at verse 15 again. For so much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. And it talks about, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, both times there is talking about God, not man. If we went to Mark chapter 1, it talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Turn to Acts chapter 20, just back a page or two from where you were at. Yeah, probably a little more than page or two, but Acts chapter 20, look at verse number 24. But none of these things move me, neither kind I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Now, I want you to notice something here. There's nothing in here about the gospel according to a church. There's not gospel according to a denomination. It doesn't say it, the gospel according to Grace Baptist Church. Look at Romans chapter 15. Look at verse number 16. Romans chapter 15, verse number 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that the... Offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Notice the gospel of God. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, just a few more pages over. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, look at verse number 18. What is my reward then? Verily, when I preach the gospel, that I make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, just a few pages over from where you're at, Second Corinthians chapter four. Look at verse number four, "In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should not shine unto them. In other words, the devil's trying to hide the gospel from folks. Now, I did not take you through about 75 or 80 other verses. We don't have time for that. You can look them up later, or we'll get to them later. But God makes it very clear that the gospel is about Jesus and what he did for our salvation. It's not about a church. It's not about good works. It's not about our motives. It's not about how sincere we are. It's not about the things we do. It's not the good news of look how good I am. It is the gospel of what Jesus did for our salvation. Yes, sir. When I was at Paul's funeral, one of the uh, honor guards, one of the Vietnam veterans, that was doing the flags part of the service uh, for for my my sister in law, he looked at me and he said, what "Kind of preacher are you?" I said, "I'm an independent fundamental." King James only, soul winning, Baptist preacher. He said, good, you going to preach the gospel? I said, I don't know how to preach anything else. He said, good for you. He said, don't meet too many like you anymore. I said, don't blame me for where you run. (laughs) I got done. We had 16 people get saved at the funeral. He said, man, I ain't heard preaching like that in a long time. He said, you're not afraid to preach at a funeral, are you? I said, hey, captive audience, they're ready. They need to hear it. I said, no, I don't hold back for anybody. You say, why? Because the Bible says that we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, If it's hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Talk to people in the world. How do you get to heaven? Don't know. Well, I got the answer. I've got the message. God gave it to me, and he's given me the gospel to give to you. He declared it to me. I received it. Now I get to give it back to other people. That's what the good news of the gospel is. Now, number two, the gospel is the message of salvation for man. Turn to Romans chapter 1 again. We're there, Romans chapter 1, verse 15. So much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, the Jew first also the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Look at me. Does it say for the righteousness of man revealed? Oh. So it's not by our righteousness that we get saved. But by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, Galatians chapter 2, Galatians chapter 3. We are not saved by our righteousness. If we went to Romans chapter 3, verse number 10, the Bible says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. None of us are righteous because we're sinners. So the gospel is about the righteousness of Jesus Christ for our salvation. Uh, the Gospel is what Jesus did so that we could be saved. Turn to Roman uh, I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. You ought to mark these verses and come back to them, because I'm going to fly through them real fast. We're going to be in them over the next few weeks, I'm sure, but Roman I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter 15, look at verse number one. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Oh, there's that word again, isn't it? Moreover, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas and then of the twelve, and after that he was seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain under this present, uh, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am to uh, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Now look at me. God talks about what the gospel is. You could take Roman, or I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter fifteen, and verses uh, four, five. Are the entire gospel. And that he was buried. Oh, verse number three. I'm sorry. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I received of you. How that Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures. So it takes the death of Christ to die for our sins. Correct? Yes, sir. That he was buried. And that he arose again the third day. According to the scriptures. So salvation is about. The virgin birth. I'll get into that tonight. The sinless life. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those five things comprise the gospel. It is the virgin birth. It is the sinless life. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All five of those things make up the gospel. We're going to talk about those five things. Now, God makes it very clear That if you're wrong on any part of the gospel, you're wrong on salvation. Let me say it this way. If you're wrong on Jesus, you're wrong on it all. Take your Bible, turn to 1 John. That's all the way back by the book of Revelation. 1 John, chapter 5. 1 John, chapter 5. While you're turning, I'm going to... I'm going to quote one verse to you. Most of you know it. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, what's the next word? Begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Key word there is begotten. Look at 1 John chapter 5, number, verse number 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. But this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. Who is he then that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Now I want you to notice something. If you're wrong on Jesus, you're wrong on it all. Turn just a couple of pages over. The book of Second John. Should be one or two pages over. Second John, look there's only one chapter. Uh, look at verse number seven with me. Now, I'm going to read Bible words here. Don't get mad at me. God wrote it. I didn't. Second John, look at verse number 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Sound familiar today? This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought, but that we received a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth uh, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath, or he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, for he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Oh, we've got to have separation of church and state. Okay, yeah, that means the government doesn't tell the church what to do and the church doesn't tell the government what to do. There's nowhere in our Constitution that says we have to have a separation of God and state. A couple, was it last week? I was at the Jefferson County Commissioner's meeting and opened in prayer. And you say, preacher, were you nervous? No, they were nervous. I wasn't. Jackie was sitting right back there next to me, and she was like, "Go get him, preacher! Don't do that to me! I'll do it!" And I, I wasn't hurt. Er- I had a I had a feller out there that didn't like the fact I was there. He talked about God too, in different words. He, he cussed me out going in, cussed me out going out. He said, "Preacher, did you did you say anything to him?" God told me not to say anything to him. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. If you answer a fool, you're just as foolish as the fool. You say, well, he's wrong. Okay. He's going to die one day and face God for it. But I'm not going to sit there and argue with him and cause a scene. We made the stand. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't worry about mentioning Jesus's name. I didn't ask anybody's permission. They asked me to come. I went. They didn't tell me what to say, and they weren't going to tell me anyway. That's just the way it is. If you're wrong on the doctrine of Jesus, you're wrong on everything. I'm going to say something here. That's why most religion is wrong, because they're wrong on the doctrine of Jesus. We're going to get into that. I have 15, 20 minutes, and I'm going to unload the truck on you tonight. On the first part of the gospel, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Let me start by saying this. Jesus had to be born of a virgin because God was his father, not man. I'm going to go into this and towards the in, in about 10 minutes here, I'm going to shout. I'm going to make a statement here and you're going to come unscrewed and for the first time, you're going to see something in light of reality. First of all, you have to understand something. Nobody else has ever claimed to be born of a virgin. Now, I am going to teach you something that most people do not realize. I'm not a person that believes in studying all the bad religion out there to find out what they believe. But I've been in a lot of conversations with a lot of higher-ups of a lot of religion. And when I found this out years ago from a Catholic cardinal that I was speaking to, I went back and did some research and found out they have the entire world fooled. When they talk about the Immaculate Conception in the Catholic Church, they're not talking about Jesus. They're talking about Mary. They believe that Mary was conceived of a virgin. They don't believe Mary died. They believe that Mary was translated to heaven and that you pray through Mary because she's the mother of God. Now, you can say what you want. That came straight from the horse's mouth, whatever end you're talking to. And if you look at it, we think that immaculate conception, they're talking about Jesus, they're referring to Mary. They believe she was virgin born. They don't believe that she ever died or ever will. They put her as a co-equal with God. That's why they call her the queen of heaven. The term queen of heaven is only used twice in the Old Testament. And both times it's about a false prophetess and a false God. Just so you know. Now, I'm not on a rampage, but I'm going to show you why the virgin birth is about Jesus and Jesus only. Take your Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 7. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Isaiah. Song of Solomon, Isaiah. Sorry, I missed one in there. Now you have to understand, the book of Isaiah was written approximately 800 years before the book of Romans. The words penned in Isaiah were penned almost 800 years before the book of Romans. That's like going back to the early 1200s compared to today. Now look at Isaiah chapter seven. Look at verse number 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Anybody want to know what the word Emmanuel means? God with us. Turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Look at verse number 18. This is some 750 years plus after the writing of Isaiah. Matthew chapter 1, look at verse number 18. Now the birth of whom? Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying... Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Do you recognize where that just came from? Isaiah 7.14. Now, if somebody told your great, 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 that you were going to be born on the day you were born and that you were going to be born of a virgin and wrote it down in a book 800 years before you were born, what's the chances of that? And even your name. Turn to Micah chapter 5. Just That's back from Matthew, about 20 or 30 pages. Micah chapter 5. Look at verse number 2. Micah chapter 5, verse number 2. But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah. Bethlehem. Anybody remember what happened in Bethlehem? Wasn't that the city that Jesus was born in? Huh. But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah. Though thou be little among the thousand of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel. Whoso whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. That's in reference to Jesus not only being born of a virgin, but also being born in Bethlehem. Imagine your birth being predicted, your name, and what city you would be born in. Now, that's got about as much chance of being true as evolution. Unless God's involved. Look at Luke chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 1. Look at verse number 26. I'm going somewhere, folks. Hang on. We haven't dumped the truck yet. We're just loading it. Luke chapter 1, look at verse number 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, Thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou, what's the next word, among women. Notice it doesn't say above women. It says among. If you went back to the book of Judges, the Bible talks about a prophetess or a judge named Deborah, not my wife. uh, But Deborah was, the Bible says that she was blessed above all women. If you're going to use the word blessed among As being the highest, then Deborah was higher than Mary. Keep going with me. Uh, Verse 29. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus he shall be great, shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Oh, of his father David. Watch this. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Look at verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, saying, I No, not a man. In other words, I've not had a physical relationship. How could I be pregnant? The angel said, Because the Holy Ghost hath conceived seed in you. Now, Jesus had to come to earth to put on a body that could die. Jesus had a heavenly body. We were made in the likeness of God's image. Genesis chapter one. God made man in the image of God. The Bible said, let us make man. Let us. Who was there? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Well, we're not spirits floating around. We know that God the Father is in heaven, so In whose image are we? In the image of Christ. He's always been the, and I'm going to use this word in quotes, man part of God. Now watch this. He had, though, to put on a body that could die. The Bible talks about that he was robed in flesh. He was manifest In other words, he was brought forth to be manifest of a body that could die. See, when Jesus came to earth from heaven, he had a body that couldn't die. So he had to be robed in a body like you and me that could see corruption and death, even though he never sinned. But here's the interesting part. The bloodline is always passed by the father. Jesus could not have been born of man, otherwise he would have had sinful blood. The life is in the blood. Now watch this. The virgin birth was proof that Jesus not only was God, but that he was begotten of God, John 3.16. It wasn't just that he was born of God. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about a lot of folks. John the Baptist was born of God, but he wasn't begotten of God. Anybody that trusts Jesus Christ is born of God and knoweth God. Everybody doing okay? Now watch this. Now I'm about to shout. You ready? Just lifted the gate on the truck, and we're pulling the lever, amen? Amen. The miracle of the virgin birth is not about the virgin. It's about the father. (laughs) I hate to tell you this. There's been millions and millions of virgins. But only one conceived, and it's the miracle of the father. Not the miracle of the virgin. When we, <laughs> the virgin birth is to bring glory to God, not Mary. This is where I'm going to probably be mean. Every girl and every boy should be a virgin till they get married. Amen. And every boy and every girl can be. But only God can be a father from a virgin. That's the miracle of the virgin birth. A virgin without a physical relationship. Now listen to this. When we begin to lift Mary because of her being a virgin, taking God's glory from him, we've just created an antichrist. We have just created a false doctrine. We have just stolen the glory of God and put it on the glory of Mary. Oh, pray through Mary because that's Jesus' mother and he has to listen to his mother. Jesus is God. The miracle is not about Mary. Had she said no, there was another virgin. Everybody doing okay? Okay. She wasn't the only one to pick from. Bless you. You see, we we look at the emphasis of the virgin birth on the wrong part. The miracle of the virgin birth is about the father putting the seed in woman's womb, watch this, to be robed of human flesh. Turn to John chapter 1 with me and I'll finish for tonight. John chapter 1. Now, we know Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, correct? Okay. In the what? Look at John chapter 1, verse number 1. In the what? Was the. Is that a small w or a capital? Oh, I'm not real smart, but I'm smart enough to know some English grammar, and that means that's a proper noun. That's talking about a specific word, correct? And the word, capital W, was with God. And the word was God. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And God said, let there be light. And behold, there was light. Now, let me ask you, can you say things without words? Some of you mothers can, but I mean, uh, in, in God's reference, no. We speak with words. In other words, it was Jesus there at creation. We are created by the word of God. Now, keep going with me here. The same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not that's why god said let there be light and behold there was light now skip all the way down to john chapter 1 verse number 12 but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were not born of, uh, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the, what's the next word? Small w or capital? Just like chat, verse number one, right? And the word was made what? It wasn't made man, it was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, the only begotten of the Father. By a virgin birth, by God speaking the word, and Jesus being in the womb of Mary, full of grace and truth. The perverts are out there saying that God came down and had a physical relationship with Mary for Jesus to be conceived. No, my God's bigger than that. All he has to do is speak the word. We talk about Christmas time that Jesus was robed in flesh and God came to earth to be man. No, he came to earth. He was already the man part of God. He came to earth to put on a body that could die to fulfill the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was already man, but he needed a body that could die. We were created in his image. By the way, that's what the struggle of death is all about. God made this old ugly body to live forever. That's why death is so hard, and that's why most people die hard, because it is sin killing the body that was made to live forever. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten, the virgin born, the one that came forth from himself. How did it take place? God spoke it. Just like he did all other creation. There was no physical relationship. And the miracle of the virgin birth is not the virgin. It is the father. And when we put the emphasis away from God. We are worshiping man. Or woman. We're worshiping a sinner. That's the truth of the virgin birth. I could go on. The gospel is an important part of the uh, important topic. We got to point number one of the gospel. We'll pick up there next week. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Oh, there's so much in this. I don't mean to say this in an arrogant way. Most of you got more doctrine tonight than most seminary students get in two years of Bible college. And it was just all out of the Bible.